What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. Thank you very much for tuning in today. It is Tuesday, November 24th, 2020. You know, I, I knew we'd hit a wall at some point because every day since the season ended, I, when I finish recording every podcast, I usually, like, you would think it would be, like, a sign of relief, but it leads to, like, dread because I know, all right, tomorrow... I'm going to have to scrounge. I'm going to have to find stuff to talk about. And in fairness to myself, and I am my biggest critic, but in fairness to me, every single day I am able to find some sort of baseball news that I can latch onto, that I can fill 15 minutes or, or even even more. It, rarely do I go 15 minutes. Usually it's around 20 minutes of conversation talking about. Today was one of those days where I went the whole day and I tried to find stuff and nothing really piqued my interest. So on today's show, I will probably just answer one of the questions that I wasn't able to answer on last Friday's mailbag, but I am also going to discuss just a, a piece of news that just broke. I mean, just broke as of the time of this recording, and that is that the Tampa Bay Rays have just came out and said that they are open to the idea of trading starting pitcher Blake Snell. Let's flash back now. Game six of this year's World Series, one of the more controversial managerial decisions of recent memory. Blake Snell, who, as I said when I recorded the, the podcast following that game, was pitching the game of his life, gets pulled after giving up only his second base hit of the day. That is the type of moment that defines careers. And like Kevin Cash, I think, is a brilliant manager, just one manager of the year. He does a great job there, but will that will be something that will stick with him and people will carry with him for forever, whether fair or not, the same way that people view Buck Showalter's legacy as being defined by the guy who didn't pitch Zach Britton in the, the AL wildcard game in 2016, the guy who went with Ubaldo Jimenez inexplicably when you had a guy who was having a Cy Young caliber season out of your bullpen. Blake Snell is a very good player. Blake Snell is a very open player. He, he talks a lot on social media about his standing. He's kind of like a mini Trevor Bauer in that aspect. Obviously, it's some very controversial statements uh, in the midst of the pandemic regarding you know him him wanting to get paid. Him, I think the exact quote was, I'm going to get mine. Well, slightly tone-deaf comments, but they were sentiments that were shared by a lot of people. And I think his comments were kind of the precursor for what led to some really ugly labor negotiations that lasted months and ultimately led to the season getting watered down and dwindled down to 60 games. He's a good player. I like Blake Snell, but it's also worth noting that this could be nothing. I remember last year there was a huge headline that said, oh my god, Theo Epstein is open to trading Chris Bryant. And everyone freaked out. Then you went back and you watched the actual interview and he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and went, yeah, yeah, we're, we're open to trading Bryant. And it's a possibility. You know, this could end up being nothing, but I think it is a legitimate possibility because I think that that moment in game six uh, may have led to some sort of divide and it speaks to both the good and bad about Tampa Bay Rays culture about that organization they do a whole lot right I've talked about it a million times I, I think that they do more with less better than any other organization in all of sports but if you are going to play for the Tampa Bay Rays you are kind of required that you fit into their system, meaning they're going to have a lot of platoon guys. There's very few guys in that lineup who are like everyday players for them. They base it almost entirely on the numbers and on analytics. If you're going to be a starting pitcher, even if you're dealing, don't expect to go more than six innings because Kevin Cash is going to turn it over to a bullpen that, in fairness, is one of the better ones in baseball. But you have a guy in Blake Snell who I think 
especially after he won the Cy Young in 2018 and had a remarkable year, wanted to branch out more. He so desperately wants to be a guy who's in the same camp as Jacob deGrom, as Garrett Cole, as but before he got injured, Justin Verlander, you know, one of the top-tier pitchers in baseball. And you're not going to do that going five innings a start. He believes in his stuff a lot, and I understand his point of view potentially in believing that maybe the Rays don't believe in my stuff. And I said that after the podcast following Game 6. It's like, if I'm Blake Snell in that moment, I'm going up to Kevin Cash and I'm just asking, what else do you need? What else do you need for you to trust me? Do you want me to make another all-star team? You want me to win another Cy Young? I mean, I've already got one of them. I think he's a really good player. I don't think there's any sort of bad blood, but I do think the Rays could look at someone like him and say, hey, look, as good as this guy is, he might not be the kind of guy who fits into the system that we run here. And if that's the case, then maybe we got to make a few trades. I, I I, I wouldn't do it because he's a homegrown guy. I believe in holding on to your homegrown guys as long as possible. Very talented player. I don't think he's hit his ceiling yet, quite frankly. Pitched some pretty good baseball this season. I thought had some solid starts in the postseason as well. I think they should find some sort of common ground because I do think he can be a guy who can give you six, seven, eight innings a night if his command is good. And we saw in the postseason in that World Series what he is really capable of. I'd hold on to him, but... Uh, we'll see. You know, the Rays, they like to make trades. Every year, they kind of gut the team that they had the previous season, and we always end up asking why. Why did you do that? What was the point of that? Why did you trade Tommy Pham? Why did you trade these guys who have been successful for you in the past? And more often than not, it ends up working out really well for them. So in a way, maybe I should just shut up because it kind of seems like that front office knows what they're doing. So that's just a little bit of news that broke. I just found it a little bit ironic because I did say in the podcast after Game 6, if I was Blake Snell, uh, I'd he'd be in his rights to demand a trade because that was really a questionable decision by Kevin Cash. But moving on, I'm actually going to spend the rest of the show answering a question that I didn't get a chance to get to on the mailbag segment last Friday, and it's one I wanted to dedicate a lot of time to because it's something that I haven't necessarily talked about a whole lot, and the question came in from at Sam underscore Jane 230, and that was best and worst case scenarios for the Tigers next season. And this is, I find this one interesting because I think that best and worst case scenario does not necessarily depend on wins and losses next year. Let's just jump, we'll start with the worst, and that's rare because I usually am a glass half empty type of guy, but we're going to start with the worst case scenario and then work our way up from there. What is the worst case scenario? Okay, in terms of wins and losses, which next year I'm not really paying a ton of attention to, but in terms of wins and losses, I think relatively the fan base will view it as a massive failure if you see this team losing 100 more games next season. I don't necessarily share this opinion, but it's an opinion that a lot of people have, which is this team took big steps forward in 2020. I do not believe that. I do not agree with that. I think they took small steps forward. I think it was night and day in comparison to where they were in 2019, but I don't really think that's fair. Like, you know, who else is better than the Tigers in 2019? Like, every Major League Baseball team that's ever existed, ever. Like, I think to be like, oh, they took a massive step forward because their win percentage was way better. Yeah, it could, it literally couldn't have gotten worse. Unless they went 0-162 or 0-60, it could not have gotten worse than it was last season. I, I don't really believe in people who, who say that, but it is fair to say they were a better baseball team. 
I still am under the belief that if this thing would have played out over 162 games, this team still would have ended up losing 100 or more. This was a very flawed, not just flawed, it was a poor baseball team. There were certain steps forward. There were glimpses into what could potentially be uh, the, the future here. And that was, admittedly, for a short period of time, somewhat exciting. So the worst case scenario, I think, relative to how the fan base would think, would be another 100 plus loss season. Another season of not being competitive at all. Another season of bad pitching. Another season where you're not hitting many home runs. You're not driving guys in. Another season of poor defense. Like it, All those things combined into just kind of a nice diarrhea milkshake that this team would spit out the way that they've spit one out over the last couple years. I think that would be something that would lose a large majority of the fan base, and I understand why. Personally, well, you know, I would like to see this team be competitive. I would like to see them win a lot of games. Uh, that will come or it won't. Worst case scenario to me actually begins in the offseason. You need to sign some players. You need to get some guys who are actually good. I have said before that teams do not build through free agency anymore. That is true, but they f- they plug holes in free agency. They fill gaps in free agency, and this team has a lot of gaps they still have to fill, and you cannot do it. Even if they were to sign Bauer, LeMayhew, and Riamuto to big-time contracts, I still don't know if this is going to be a team that's going to be over 500 next season. You know, you cannot build an entire team through free agency, but you do need to show the fan base that you are into this, that you are willing to build around the core that we believe they have in the farm system, that core saw a little bit of action at the major league level this season, you need to show that you are willing, by you, I mean Mr. I, Chris Illich, you need to show that you are as willing to be good as your father was, and that means spending money on some players. Worst case scenario, though, on the field to me would be if Mize, Manning, Scooball, Paredes, if those guys show zero signs of improvement from 2020. Three of those guys, Manning didn't get called up, but three of those guys saw action at the major league level this year. All three of them were pretty bad. Scooball had a few moments. Scooball showed promise. They all showed promise at points, but you look at the final numbers, they were pretty darn ugly. Mize was pretty awful. Paredes was pretty awful. Now, in an ideal world, Paredes probably would have spent a majority of the season down in AAA. You didn't have that luxury because of the minor league season being canceled. But worst case scenario would be if this quote-unquote future started to show zero promise. You want to see steps forward. And I think by the end of this season, this season being 2021, I think that would be a fair assessment because by then you're what? You're 40 starts maybe, assuming they start you know, every fifth day, 40 starts in a Mize and Scooball's career. I think at that point, it's somewhat fair to start assessing whether or not a guy's got it at the major league level. We know they have the stuff. Will they have the results? It would be brutally disappointing considering the, the caliber of coaches that they just brought in here in the offseason if these young pitchers didn't take big steps forward in 2021. Coming up on Locked on Tigers this week, we're going to be talking about all sorts of free agency news, who's available, who's going to get traded, who's going to sign, and even more importantly, how do those potential signings or trades impact our Detroit Tigers? You can listen into Locked on Tigers every day, Monday through Friday on the Locked on Podcasting Network. Now flipping the script here, what would be the best case scenario for the Tigers in 2021? Well, best case, much like worst case, would start in the offseason. Sign some good players. Sign a few one-year deals. Sign a multi-year deal. Field a team that is far more competitive 
than where this organization has been over the last several years. That's step one. But best case scenario, obviously, it would be dumb of me to be like, well, best case scenario is they make the playoffs. Best case scenario is they make it to the World Series and win the World Series. But that's that's not realistic. In terms of realism, to me, the best case scenario would be be in it by July. If, if 60, 70 games into this season, you're three, four games out of a wild card spot, you know what? It's a marathon, not a sprint. This team probably doesn't have the horses or the experience right now to carry this thing to the finish line, carry this thing to the very end. But hey, you know what? They were in it for a while. I'm okay with that. But even more so than that, I would be fine with this. And I say this now, probably in the moment, I won't say this, but right now, now that I have a slightly more level head, I would be fine with 100 losses if it meant that Manning, Scooball, Mize, and Paredes all started to look like studs. Because those are your key pieces. If everyone around them, you know, if Jacoby Jones and Victor Reyes and, and Grayson Griner and, and, and Nico Goodrum, if they all fall off the face of the earth, I'll say whatever, because the guys who you have set this entire rebuild around are starting to show promise. I, w- I wouldn't call it a successful season. No season in which you don't make the playoffs is a success, but I would view it as a solid step forward. Now, we don't know what the expanded playoffs could look like. If Manfred is dumb enough to do the full 16-team postseason expansion, that means that several bad baseball teams will make it to October. And if that's the case, then I think sneaking into the playoffs as an eight seed is a realistic goal to set. I'm not saying win the World Series because they wouldn't, but at a certain point, you got to take a solid step forward. Bad teams will make the postseason. And we saw it last year. The Brewers were awful and they made the playoffs a season ago in a 16-team postseason. If you do the full 16-team expansion, then you know what? Hey, try, try to find a way to sneak into October. You probably won't even have a good team. Just find a way to do it. That would be, I, I think, in in my estimation, about as best-case a scenario as it gets for this baseball team, realistically speaking. All right, everybody, that will do it for what will end up being a pretty short show today. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani 2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I 2014. While you're at it, follow this show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers. And once you're done doing that, why don't you go ahead, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written five-star review for this program. It would be much, much appreciated. Got a few more recently. It really does mean a lot. I, I, I'm doing the best I can with this. The offseason is obviously a bit wonky. I want to start thinking outside the box. I, I am, I'm crippled sometimes by my own shyness and anxiety. Like I know for a fact there's many people I could book as guests on this show, and I, I, I hope I get to a point where I am courageous enough to ask those people to be on because I think that they would add a lot to this program. But I just I gotta muster up the courage and I gotta stop being so darn shy. I know probably on this podcast I don't seem like a shy person. Trust me, I am. I'm cripplingly shy sometimes. So enough with the the therapeutic stuff. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. I hope everyone out there has a great rest of your day. Last show of the week tomorrow, I will be taking Thursday and Friday off, so you can look forward to that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.